Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> um, now, I know on Mother's Day, what we often do is we, we think, oh, it's all about the mums and that. And I'm, I am going to be preaching on the woman at the well. Um, but the message I bring, I really feel, is for everybody, not just women. So if you're a guy in here, please don't switch off and think, oh, it's the whole mother thing again, or it's the woman thing again. Um, I'm going to be talking a bit about identity today, and I think it's a really important subject. Now, many of you will know me as Rachel, one of the pastors here. Some of you will know me as a friend. Um, some will know me as family. Um, a couple of will know me as mum. And one will know me as wife. Just the one. <laughs> you'll, you'll be pleased to know. Um, and and um, I've done a few different things in my life. You know, I've worked in finance. I've worked in administration. I've worked a lot around various churches all around the country in different roles. Um, but when I look at these things, they don't really define who I am. They'll tell you what I do. They may say a little bit about me but they don't actually tell you who I really am. Now, when I was younger, I used to be, I still am a little bit, I know you won't believe this, but I used to be very shy. People would say about me, she's really shy, she won't lift her head, she doesn't say hello to people in the streets, um, she's very nervous, she's, she's a fussy eater. I was, I'm not so much now. Um, well, a bit. Um, <laughs> Just don't give me awful. If I ever come around to your house, don't feed me anything that's internal. No. Um, but, but people said a lot of things about me when I was young. They did you, too, I no doubt. Your things that your parents would say, oh, you're just like them. You've got that aspect of them. And, and some of the things are great, and some are not so great. And some of those things that have been spoken over us just feel a little bit like, oh, okay, is that who I am? But we can't allow people to dictate who we are. It's funny, isn't it, how we define people? I've found in the Bible, even in the Bible, it's, um, if I give you a, a name, I want you to tell me how we know that person. Thomas. Poor old Thomas. Doubting Thomas. For the whole of history, he has been known as Doubting Thomas. One incident, he had a bit of a question whether Jesus had actually been resurrected. And do you know what? He hadn't seen Jesus. I kind of feel like maybe we might have been a little bit like that as well. And yet for the whole of his history ever since, we've known the poor guy as Doubting Thomas. But we look at Mary and Martha. We see Mary as the worshipper based on one story. We see Martha as the worker. Mary as the worshipper. Does that mean that Mary never did the dishes? Does that mean that Martha never worshipped? We're really quick, aren't we, to tag people. This is who they are. One incident in their life, and we've tagged who they are. So I'm going to talk about a story about this woman. We don't know much about her. We don't know her name. We do know that she was female, where women were both demeaned in society, where women were demeaned and disregarded. She was a Samaritan a race traditionally despised by the Jews. She was a social outcast because the Bible tells us that she'd had five husbands and the one she was living with wasn't her husband. 
And you can find this story in John 1, but we're not going to read it all because it's quite a long bit. In fact, it's one of the longest one-to-one conversations that Jesus had in the Bible. Interesting. But I would imagine that she was feeling pretty lonely and vulnerable. She had to go and get her water in the middle of the day when it was really, really hot instead of going with the rest of the women in the cool of the morning. She had to go on her own so she didn't have the safety of community around her. I think she would have felt very much like an outsider. I think she would have looked thinking, why can't I be like them? Why can't I be part of their world? Questioning, why don't I fit? Where do I fit? Who am I? What's the point? These are questions that often we will find in our own lives in some form or another. Who am I? Where's my fit? What's my purpose? It's also a big question in society right now. But what I've noticed over the past decade, I guess, is that we've changed those questions ever so slightly. So it no longer is it, who am I? But who do I want to be? Who fits into my world? And what do I want to do? Well, you know, I want to be successful and I want to be rich and I want to be beautiful because if I'm successful, then I'm going to have all this respect given to me. And if I'm rich, I'm going to be happy. And if I'm beautiful, everyone's going to love me, except they don't. If I'm funny, I'm going to have lots of friends. You get that? If, and here's a good one for us to look at, if I'm in a relationship, I'm complete. We need to be really, really careful. What if we're not any of those things? Then are we angry and disillusioned? Am I a failure? Do I feel hurt and rejected and worthless? And do I start now building my identity on those things? We watched a documentary um, the other day about golf. (laughs) I know. I tell you, we know how to live it up in our family. This is, this, is the, this is the good wife that I am, that I watch a documentary on golf. Thank you, thank you, yes. But we, we were watching this, um, this documentary, and this is, it's about, basically it's about different golfers and their lives and their journeys and what they're going through. And we was watching this one guy, and he sat in this huge, amazing house. He had this absolutely stunning model wife. He had the respect of the golfing community because, let's be honest, to get to that level, you've got to be the best, to be recognized in those sort of levels. And yet, he sat there in a state of unhappiness. It wasn't enough. What he had was enough. It wasn't enough. He wasn't good enough. Have you noticed that the world promises us so much, but it rarely delivers on that? And here's this guy with all the money that he could want, to all intents and purposes, looks like he's got it all together. And yet, actually, he's no better off than the woman at the well. He just can't tag how he's feeling onto anything because he looks successful. You see, the problem is we're asking the wrong questions. And while we keep asking the wrong questions, we're going to keep getting the wrong answers. We live in a postmodern society where we're told that my meaning... My purpose is found in me and my sense of identity. What I think, how I feel, 
and what I want define who I am. Now, the problem with this is what I think changes. So what I thought when I was a teenager is very different to what I think now about a lot of things with a little bit more life experience. What I feel often changes dependent on my circumstances or the people around me. And then what I want changes based on what I think and what I feel. So what I want now is very different to what I wanted when I was a 21-year-old woman. So we're building our lives and our identity on ever-changing opinions. We have more freedoms now to do what, whatever we want and choose however we want to live. And yet I'm seeing more mental health. We are more bound up and confused and depressed than we have ever been. We're being tossed around by the sea of society and its ever-changing waves with no anchor. And the more we're looking at ourselves, the worse we seem to get. But this is not a new problem. Jesus saw this in the people of his time. In Matthew 9.36, he said he saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They were looking at themselves and to others for answers that could only be found in a saviour. And so I just want to share four really simple points from this story of the woman at the well. And to be honest, I almost don't need to preach because God has already spoken into it. The first point I want you to know is he sees you. He sees you. Jesus was great at seeing people, wasn't he? He saw Nathaniel under the fig tree. He saw Zacchaeus hiding up in the tree. He saw the man at the pool of Bethesda. He saw the ten lepers. He saw the people in society that was overlooked by everybody else. He saw them, and he saw the woman at the well. He didn't see what everyone else saw. He didn't see the tags and identities that other people had put on her. He didn't see the definitions she put on herself. He saw her through the eyes of God. He saw who she was created to be. I don't know where you guys are in your life right now, or even you guys at home, but maybe you're feeling a little bit like, I don't know where I fit. I'm a bit like this woman. I'm confused. I feel isolated. I feel overlooked like nobody sees me. That can happen in really busy environments, you know? You can feel very alone, like nobody sees me. Maybe you've been overlooked for a job, or you don't feel appreciated by your family. Maybe you're new to the area, or you've moved into the country, and you just, you just feel like a stranger. You feel overlooked. Or maybe you just don't think that you fit into society. Jesus wants you to know this morning that he sees you. Ephesians 1, 4 tells us this. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we may be holy and unblemished in his sight in love. He chose us before the foundation of the world. He sees you. The second thing I want you to know is he knows you. Now, the conversation that Jesus would have had with the woman of the well, I can't imagine was particularly an easy conversation. He basically was talking to her about her life. He was addressing the issues in her life. It would have been uncomfortable. It would have been challenging. 
And let's be honest, we don't like to talk about our failures, even with friends, let alone a stranger. But he did. He challenged. He talked it through. He needed her to know that despite the fact that he knew everything about her, he still loved her. That he still accepted her. And so he addresses the sin and he shows her a better way. He's saying to her, I know you're unsatisfied. I know you're unsettled, jumping from one man to another. But I want you to know, verse 14, those who drink from the water I give them will never be thirsty it will become a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving eternal life. What was he saying here? Like the video earlier, the water that you keep drinking, you're going to get thirsty. You're going to keep needing more and more. It's never going to satisfy. But the water I give, the water that I can give you, it's a, li- it's a water that brings life. It's an eternal source of satisfaction. Can you imagine eternal source of satisfaction bubbling up, never running dry? He knows you. He knows your hurts and your hang-ups. He knows your frustrations and your restlessness. He knows your past and your present. But he also knows your future. And he knows who he has created you to be this morning. The third thing I want you to know is he loves you. In verse 25 and 26 of this chapter, the woman says, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. I am. How amazing that in this point, talking with this woman, with all her baggage, Jesus decides to reveal that he is the Messiah, I believe, for the first time, really. Not to the chief priests, not even to his disciples, but to a woman so desperately down on herself, so terribly lost in her own mess. Why did he do that? I am, is how God identifies himself to Moses. When, when God is sending Moses um, to, to go in and speak on the behalf of his people, Moses says, who, when they ask, who shall I say? He sent me. And God replies, I am who I am. God is who he is. And this is important because he is infinite. He is unchanging. He is eternal. He is self-existing. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He gets his identity from himself. He is a sure and uh, a solid foundation. And this is why we are struggling when we look for identity outside of him. Because we are not God. We are not God. We do not and we cannot find our identity in ourselves, as the world might imply. Our identity has to be found in him, our creator. He needed her to know who he was so that she could see who she really was in him.
And suddenly, bang, we have this transformed life. This woman suddenly gets it. She'd heard of the Messiah. She said, I know the Messiah is coming. And yet, suddenly, she encounters him. For the first time, here she is speaking to Jesus. I want you to know this morning that he loves you. He sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. I love how God speaks, don't you? When Rachel was speaking earlier, and when she was, um, we had a, a message in tongues and we had an interpretation, and your beginning part of the interpretation or cut through, he sees you, he knows you. God wants you to know that this morning. Despite my words, he wants you to know. He sees you, he knows you, he loves you. And the last point, he has a purpose for you. So life-changing was this experience for this woman that she ran back into her town, the place where the people had literally rejected her and ostracized her. And she's like, you've got to come and see this guy. I don't know that I would have done the same. But do you know what? She did, and that is how God so impacted her life that she could go back to the people who were abusive to her and say, you've got to find this. You've got to see this. You've got to meet this man. Suddenly, she could see where she fit. She could see her purpose. She became an evangelist. How incredible. Those people came to know Jesus through this woman who they'd shunned. And suddenly, they're listening to her. And actually, God, and those things, those things that had identified her, they'd identified as those things that they really was like, oh, don't talk to her. They could see the change in her. It's not a, this is not a little change. This is like, whoa, here, revelation, bang, here I am. This is who I am. I am no longer the things that I've done. I am no longer the words and the names that's been spoken to me. I am a child of God. This morning as we look at these big questions in our own lives, let's make sure that we are drawing our identity from the right source. It has to come from our creator. We can never be enough by ourselves. We need him. We need him. And only when we see ourselves through his eyes and we really see who we were created to be. So the question we need to be asking ourselves this morning is not who am I, but who does God say I am? Where do I fit? Well, I fit in the plans and purposes of God. What is my purpose? My purpose is to be found in the will of God. When we can get our foundation right, when we know who we are in Christ, we can be world changers. This woman changed her town through her testimony. When we really know that we are the children of God and the authority that we carry as children of God, we can change our families. We can change our neighbors. We can change our workplace and our schools. We can change this city. When we know who we are in Christ, 
can we just bow our heads this morning? Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that you see us, that you know us, that you love us, and that you have a purpose for us. And God, we just want to say sorry for when we have walked outside of and looked outside of who you are for our identity. And we bring it back to you this morning. We lay it at your feet, Father God. Help us see who you created us to see. I don't know if there are some of you this morning who have heard about the Messiah, but you've not yet encountered him. You know all about him, you might have read the Bible, you might have been to church, but you've never had that encounter, that life-changing encounter with him this morning. I do just want to give you opportunity, and, and you guys online as well, to encounter our Messiah, to encounter Jesus. And so I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. And I want you to pray it too. If you just feel like, God, I just, I just, I just need you. I just really need to encounter you in a different level. I just need transformation in my life. So Jesus, we come before you this morning and we say, Father God, we acknowledge who you are as our creator. We acknowledge you, Jesus Christ, for what you have done when you died on the cross for us. We acknowledge the sin in our lives that, God, we have fallen short of your glory. And we ask, God, please forgive us. And as we come to you this morning, Lord Jesus, we pray, come into our lives. Help us encounter you in a new way, in a fresh way. Transform our lives. Help us know who we are in you. Strengthen us and empower us to be the children of God that you have created us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.